Hey, Chess Get Higher podcast fans. This is Ramona Shaw, author of the best-selling book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, How to Rapidly Rise to Success in Your First Leadership Role. Listen to our episode where we will give you a mini masterclass on transitioning into a management role. Listen to the Chess Get Higher podcast and find more information at RamonaShaw.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Just Get Hired podcast. Being promoted into a management role can be both exciting and scary. It's a huge accomplishment and you should be proud of it, but it also comes with a new set of challenges, responsibilities, and expectations. John Quincy Adams once said, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. Well, before we get into this topic, Maybe you're new to the show, or maybe you've been around for a while. Hey everyone, my name is Jessica Fiesta-George, and I'm your host of Just Get Hired. This is a podcast dedicated to helping job seekers and career professionals like you take that next step in your career. On this podcast, we talk about the latest insights and trends in personal branding, HR technology, and workplace culture, and I always bring in top disruptors in the talent space who share their expertise and perspective with you. Well, if you're looking for a job, or maybe you're trying to advance your career, or you just want to know what's happening in the job market, you've come to the right place. Make sure that if you like my content, connect with me on LinkedIn by searching my full name, Jessica Fiesta George. Also look me up on Instagram by following me at Just Get Hired, and then go over to my website, justgethired.com, where you can learn more about me and the guests that help make the show. Well, on this episode, I'm excited to be joined by Ramona Shaw. Ramona is a certified professional leadership coach, a podcast host, and best-selling author of the book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, How to Rapidly Rise to Success in Your First Leadership Role. So I think she's the perfect expert to be on this episode to talk about this topic, and she is so passionate about helping new and mid-level managers become leaders that people love to work for. Well, if you've been recently promoted into a management role, or maybe you're aspiring to become a new manager, this episode was made for you. Being a new manager can be exciting, but it does come with its own set of challenges. And today we're gonna be joined by Ramona, who will help us to discuss the common misconceptions people have about leadership and help new managers understand some of the challenges that we all might face. We're gonna talk about micromanagement, the pitfalls new managers face, and we're gonna give you some practical tips and strategies to overcome them. So if you've been in a management role, maybe you're looking to get into one and transition into one, come on back, relax, and enjoy this mini masterclass on how to become a new leader. Welcome to the Just Get Hired podcast, Ramona. I'm eager to get this episode started because we have a real treat for our listeners. We're going to give them a mini masterclass on management and helping new managers transition into their new role. How does that sound? That sounds great. I'm excited to uh, to be on your show, Tess. Awesome. Well, you're known to help managers become leaders and help people love what they do and the people that they work for. And I think that's really important because it's one of the top reasons I think that people leave jobs. Usually people don't leave because of money. It's because of poor leadership. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, I think so too. The when we look at reasons or statistics around this or research, when we look at research around this, we definitely quickly find out that when we're in find ourselves in situations where we don't feel valued or we don't feel respected or we don't see that we have an opportunity to grow and learn learn from those around us and particularly those that we that lead us or are managing our uh, our jobs, then that sounds like a dead end. And a lot of people leave as a result of that. Now, Ramona, we hear this term over and over again these days called quiet quitting. It's when employees don't feel pushed in a direction and maybe they don't have that level of engagement they're looking for from their manager on their development. So they feel like they don't need to do more than they should. To me, it's not really a new thing. I think it's been around for a long time, but because of social media, it's bringing a little bit more awareness and we're talking about it more. So that leads me to my first major question to you. What do you think are some of the common reasons or maybe some challenges that new managers face year one or maybe even year two on the job? Yeah, and, and actually just to make that point even stronger, when we look at a research done by CEB or, or now Gartner, uh, they're saying about 60% of new managers fail in their first 18 months on the job. And I think that's a pretty wow. staggering number, right? <laughs> yeah. To actually realize, hey, the, the odds are, are stacked against me when I first get promoted. And, you know, I personally ran into exactly that challenge where I thought, uh, I'm going to learn this like I learned everything else. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. I got a good team and let's, let's see where this is going to go. And I did not realize that so much of what is required as a manager is different than what was required when in an IC role, in an individual contributor role. And on top of that, the exact things that make us high-performing employees can actually be the things that make us ineffective managers. Mm, For example, being the go-to person, um, being in control of processes, those all sound like good things when you're an employee, but as a manager, this can either lead to not delegating enough and becoming a bottleneck, or it can lead to micromanaging behaviors that then are frustrating for everyone around them and makes them makes those leaders ineffective in their roles. So the transition and the reason why so many new managers fail is you know, on one hand, it's a humongous, on one hand, it's a huge shift. I'd actually say it's probably the biggest transition in, in many people's careers, that transition into leadership. And then that combined with there not being enough support during those early, early couple of years not mm-hmm. enough leadership training early on, not enough coaching and support to help new managers really be set up for success. So to your point, there is lack of support. And you know they say that the best employees don't necessarily make the best managers. And I think as companies, we want to try to reward high performers by giving them a raise or maybe a promotion. But when we do promote them, We don't quite follow up with formal training and then we take for granted that because they were a good employee that maybe they'll just be a good manager. So they don't get the training, they don't get the support that they need to be successful. So what kind of advice would you have for managers who get thrown into a new role that don't get that proper training or support? Uh, Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges that new managers have is to recognize that now it's no longer about their success, but it's about helping their team be successful. And that is also something it's really easy to say, 
intellectually we understand yes okay makes right. sense. as a leader you're responsible for the team and hence the team should be successful but in practice this is a lot more challenging than it sounds because we're getting rewarded all our lives through our own contributions we're sort of primed to uh, seek recognition to showcase our work or not necessarily by self-advocating but just because we're doing good work and we know that it's seen or we know it's recognized or we know it's valuable and impactful. But all of a sudden, I now have to take a back seat and I have to make everyone else look good. And no mm-hmm. one's recognizing what I do because I pass credit on to the rest of my team. Uh, no one really knows what I'm doing and I may even worry, well, what are people thinking I do all day? Because I, right. I don't get my work done or I don't make any progress on my to-do list because I'm helping everyone else. And that can feel tricky. And so when the ego gets into this, into this equation, we start to not delegate enough. We start to mismanage our time. Uh, we start to, you know, maybe hoard information or be too controlling or become too much of uh, an advice giver versus a coach to the rest of the team. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it's a lot less about the tactical skills and a lot more about the mindset shifts that new managers have to adapt and embrace in order to be successful. Great points there. Well, what do you think are some misconceptions that people have about leadership in general? Yeah, so one that just piggybacks off what I said earlier with having to have all the answers. I think uh, a big misconception that we have is that managers need to have the answers. And that if a manager doesn't have doesn't know how to solve a problem or isn't able to help on a very technical level, help their employees, then they're not uh, entitled to have a manager role or they're just not seen as trusted or, or um, as trusted or credible leaders. And I, I challenge that assumption and I think it's a misconception because more often than not, the leaders who are respected, admired, who inspire confidence in others are not the ones who see themselves as knowledge uh, or or expert leaders. They see themselves as people leaders and as coaches Mm -hmm. trying to help others rise up and others actually become better and know more than they, than they ever did. Uh, And it can be tricky because there is a fine line between, you know, trust building. There is this line between, not, not having the answers and being the coach, but also being credible. And especially for people in technical roles where they're looking to the leader for the technical support. And so it's often a bit of a tightrope uh, to walk. But generally mm-hmm. speaking, the farther that you go as a leader, the less that, that misconception or, or that idea of having to have all the answers is true. I think for new managers, they don't want to be perceived as the manager who doesn't know what to do or how to relate to the team. New managers often do not know how to delegate and they prefer to get their hands on pretty much everything. So they feel compelled, I think, to micromanage. So what steps would you take or what kind of recommendations would you give to avoid that? I think that it's this idea that as a manager, you're also not allowed to ask for help because that would make you look weak in any way. And so the the letting go of control and getting more comfortable with the discomfort of not feeling fully in control 
is a huge step in preventing or overcoming any micromanaging tendencies. What we know from micromanagers or people who are perceived as micromanagers, most of them actually don't think they're micromanaging. Most of them think that they are doing the right thing for the business. Mm -hmm. They are holding control or they're, they care a lot or that they actually are sort of a servant leader who supports their team at a, at a great degree to a great degree. What they don't realize is what they think is a, a real strength and an asset to the organization or to the team is perceived as micromanaging. Uh, and I was saying this specifically because sometimes this is a blind spot. And if you're listening and you find yourself in the situation where you wonder if you're taking too much control or if you're too involved, ask your team. Um, and don't ask, am I a micromanager? And <laughs> <laughs> an honest answer. Yeah, you might not like what you hear. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you could ask questions such as, uh, to which degree or in which aspects am I holding on more than that is necessary? Where am I involved in things where I should consider taking a step back? And uh, th those kind of questions will help and will sort of create the space for employees to, to share with the manager how they're feeling. And uh, if, if the answer is no, not at all, I really appreciate all the ways that you're engaged and it's really helpful, you're probably not a micromanager. But if you hear, yeah, there are a few ways that I think I'd love to take more charge in, uh, then the, that might be a good signal to take a step back and really carefully assess how much do you need to insert yourself and how much should you actually trust uh, the people on your team. That's a great point because sometimes, you know, you do have your blinders on and you think you're doing the right thing, but people are afraid to go to their team to ask because they're probably scared of what they're going to hear. Um, you know, managers who put unrealistic deadlines or maybe don't try to, or are maybe too involved in what their team is doing um, can also show that maybe you don't trust your team. So, you know, great point about asking your team um, directly and, I think that would definitely help people who are, you know, early management, but I think it also can play true to people who've been managing for quite some time. You think that you know how to manage because you've been doing it for five, six, seven years or more, but, um, you know, we kind of get too comfortable in the way that we have been doing things. So it's a good way to kind of check yourself, don't you think? Yeah, totally. Totally. And, and there's another thing, uh, speaking of sort of common challenges or even misconceptions that ties right into this, which is we often assume or many of us assume not very intentionally. We don't actually deliberately think about this, but we walk into a management role thinking that everyone on my team will like to be led the way that I like to be led. So mm -hmm. if you're someone who's appreciating autonomy, you might say, I'm the kind of leader. I'm going to be amazing because I'm going to give everyone on my team a lot of autonomy. And if you're someone who likes a very present leader, a very involved leader, because you like clear action plans and, and a roadmap of what to do next and this close co collaboration, you may think, well, everyone on my team wants that same, that, that same leadership style because that's what I like. Totally natural assumption that our brains start to present to us. This is the moment to check yourself because just because mm -hmm. the way you like to be led 
in a certain way does not mean everyone else on your team does uh, prefer it the same way. And sometimes new managers are sort of fortunate because they have established relationships. They may lead former peers. Now that's a challenge in itself, but at least there's an established relationship. Or they may hire certain people that there's a natural fit. Mm -hmm. As they grow as leaders, they will be exposed to bigger teams and a bigger range of different preferences. And so sometimes these challenges don't bubble up early on, but will later down the road. When we recognize this particular leader is really good at managing this one type of person. But the moment they start to manage different personality styles or, or communication styles or preferences in how to collaborate, that's when these leaders are struggling because they're not used to adapting and they don't have the awareness of what another person needs. They still operate with this mindset that their leadership style is preferred to them and hence also preferred to everyone else on the team. So I want to go back to something because it sparked um, a question that I had. So, you know, sometimes when new leaders are getting promoted, let's just say you've worked for the same team, you have, you've made friends with your coworkers, they've become your peers. But then when you are in the position where you actually have to manage your friends or your coworkers that you've known for quite some time, and they've only known you, uh, not at a management level, can you be friends with your direct reports? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spicy question. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I've changed my mind on this a little bit over the last few years. I was okay. very much under the impression or early on, I was a little bit more black and white where I thought, no, it is not possible really to have a friendship in a management role because well no it's it is possible but it's not advised because sooner or later there will be a conflict of interest mm -hmm. sooner or later this could cause frustrations by other team members because they think there's some favoritism in place um whether that's true or not right that's the perception it may also just make it way harder for the manager to be effective when there is a close friendship in place between the manager and the direct report now, I've come a little bit, I've leaned into a little bit more of that gray zone of where at some, sometimes this is the benefits outweigh the costs. Mm -hmm. where the relationship actually allows the two people to work really well together. And they still have the ability to say, hey, I'm putting the hat on of the manager or I'm putting the hat on as a direct report. And here's what I'd like to share. And then I'm going to take a step to the right and I'm going to put the hat on of my friend as a friend. And here's what I would say as a friend. And some people are really good at distinguishing the two roles and at separating what is the right approach at work. And they can really lean into that role and then still be a friend outside of work. It's harder, but some people can do it. And in those cases, the benefits of having a strong, strong relationship there and that trust in place and having each other's backs and and really investing in each other's success uh, is, is useful and can be a good thing. Right. Great points there. Yeah. Cause I, I know that a lot of um, people that I've worked with also, you know, I become friends with even my direct reports and it does make it harder to have difficult conversations. And it does have times where, you know, they might be a little bit out of line, but how do you 
say it tactfully and professionally without, you know, hurting feelings. And then you've got so many emotions involved and you don't want to ruin the friendship, but at the same time you have a role to play as their manager. So it does, it's kind of a fine line, but you're right. There is, if you can balance it properly, then um, it does make that relationship um, a lot easier for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually, as you were talking, I remember the situation where uh, someone was reading a, a someone that I was sort of in a dotted line situation. I was over overseeing their work or 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 their presence in the in that office, and they were studying for an exam uh, that was unrelated to the job, and were reading a a, a school you know a book a textbook. And I realized in that moment, well, as a friend, I think this is great. Like, go for it. Mm-hmm. You're not busy. You're not, you know, there's no deliverables to you. Why not? You should pro- make sense. As a manager, it seemed unfair because I would probably not tolerate this with someone directly. <laughs> in my team. I would say this is not necessarily a good, it's not really a good image that we're displaying here and will be questionable to others who are, you know, have a lot on their plate and working towards a lot of deadlines. It'll seem unfair. And so how do I lean into this? If there's a discomfort of addressing it and, and we don't like having to confront people in such situations, that makes it way harder if there's a friendship in place. Like you said, it's harder to give the tough feedback. So I think exactly. for managers, managers just have to be really aware of where do they fall on that spectrum, and depending on how good they assess their abilities and see them see those abilities demonstrated day to day, they may either feel more comfortable with the friendships or may actually say, for me to be good at my job, I need to have stricter boundaries here between work and and personal life. Right. Well, gosh, Ramona, the, we, there's so much we can cover on this topic, and I do appreciate your insight. But um, before we kind of close this out, I mean, you are a podcast host, so I'm, I would love to learn a little bit more about your podcast and give you a shameless plug for that. But you're also an author of a best-selling book, so if you can maybe just share a little bit more about your book and what's happening on your podcast. Yeah, um, well, I wrote the book specifically, The Confident Competent Manager, to talk about these mindset shifts, these attitude shifts or changes in perspectives that new managers have to think about and embrace as they move into leadership role roles. So it's a lot less about, you know, here are the, the 17 competencies you need to develop and a lot more of about how do you see yourself? How do you, what do you consider to be a productive day? That will change. And I see this having coached and trained hundreds of new managers to this point. It's a very consistent themes that keep popping up. One of them, you know, time management, delegating. One of them, how do I advise or coach, right? So moving in, moving away from being the doer and moving or the, 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 the advice giver and, and stepping into that coaching role. Uh, and being a lot more active and proactive as it comes to strategy, risk assessments, uh, and opportunities, and so forth. And so the uh, the mindset shifts that new managers have to adopt is something that I cover. It's a very short, uh, condensed read that hopefully will will help new managers get into that right frame of mind that helps them set up be set up for success. And the podcast is. Going a little bit further than that, I really pick up themes that come up and I really enjoy that creative aspect of the podcast. Themes that come up in my co- co- coaching conversations 
that I realized like, yeah, this is a thing that I see as a common challenge or I can personally relate to as a challenge and I just keep seeing it over and over again. Um, and I speak to those on the podcast. And then once in a while, I sprinkle in a guest to have very different <laughs> perspectives right on on the topic and, and keep it fun and engaging. Awesome. So what's the name of your podcast? It's called The Manager Track. The Manager Track. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go ahead and share all of the links, especially to your podcast and how they can find your book. Um, I'll put that all on uh, my website as well in the show notes. But Ramona, thank you so much for being a guest on the Just Get Hired podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jess. I knew Ramona would be the perfect expert to come on this show to discuss this topic. And I really appreciate all of the tips and advice that she gave to all new and transitioning managers. We delved into some of the common pitfalls new managers may encounter and discussed strategies for overcoming these challenges. We went from navigating communication issues to recognizing when employees are overworked. And we also talked about the importance of thoughtfulness in management and how to be mindful of your employees' needs and goals to make sure that you as a new manager are creating a more positive and productive work environment. So Ramona, thank you so much for all of your insights to help new managers succeed. Well, if you're a new manager and you're curious if you're doing the right thing, maybe you're also curious if your team is doing the right thing and maybe you're worried that you have a team that might be quiet quitting on you, some of the signs that I say to look for in a disengaged workforce also include taking a look at your team and if they have low productivity. Are they cynical about everything? Do they seem disengaged? Maybe that putting their best foot forward. That can lead to low productivity levels. If they seem disengaged, maybe checked out, you know, that turns into high turnover. Employees who are not satisfied with their work or feel valued will just quit. Maybe there's also a lack of enthusiasm. They're not really getting the job done like they used to. They're not showing interest like they used to. They're finishing projects, maybe on time, but maybe a little bit late. Or maybe they're turning in projects that have really low quality of work. Maybe you wanna look into communication styles. If they think that you have poor communication, they don't know what your expectations are. So they will look at it as a misunderstanding which can also lead to lack of teamwork. People who are always calling in sick or have vacation days, they don't feel motivated to come into work. Again, that could be a sign of burnout. Maybe they feel overworked. Also, low morale leads to a lot of resistance to change. So if they feel micromanaged, then that will impact your overall team performance and they might not feel invested in the company or its goals. Well, a thoughtful manager should always be upskilling themselves and they should also encourage their team to do the same. So upskilling refers to the process of acquiring new skills, improving existing ones so that you can enhance your abilities and your job performance. As a new manager, upskilling is crucial for success because it allows you to effectively lead and communicate with your team, manage resources and budgets, and make strategic decisions. No one ever said that continuous learning can ever hurt anybody. So make sure that you're always trying to learn and grow in your role. You can find that you will become a more effective and competent leader, which can benefit you and also your team. 
Well, I have a favor to ask you guys. If you are listening to this episode, can you head over to Spotify or Apple and rate it five stars? I also enjoy reading all of your comments, so make sure you put comments and show your support. If you would like to subscribe to my newsletter, you can follow all of my links. I'll have it in the show notes, but you can always find me at justgethired.com. I want to thank you guys for listening today. I hope you found this episode helpful in your own career journey. Make sure that you tune in next time because I always give some great career advice and job tips and I release an episode every other week. Well, my name is Jessica Fiesta George, your host of the Just Get Hired podcast. What do y'all want to talk about next? I'll catch you on my next episode.